good morning. Welcome back, folks. How are you? Today is July 5th, Wednesday, Worldwide Wednesday. We're going to be getting right into it. This is the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, uh, Alex Goodwin, Dan Reckless, Alan with his big wins, CatGPT, Jenny Housley keeping me correct on the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, and you. We'll be tearing through the top cyber news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of the stories. I'm Dr. Gerald Osher. This is Simply Cyber. I've been out for a week, so I'm trying to get back into the swing of things, so please go grant me some grace as I try to. Mods, if my audio is janky, please do holler at me. I appreciate it. I did miss everybody. I hope everybody had a good time. I jumped in as Team Hybrid periodically. I did see Eric Taylor holding it down doing it wonderfully eric taylor thank you so genuinely much from the bottom of my heart allowing me to uh step away from the a-hole chair from the simply cyber mic and spend some quality time with my family my wife my loved ones but i'm ready i'm back and uh super jacked up super janky not super janky i'm super jacked up and super pumped to be here but before we get into it i do want to say shout out and thanks again to Eric Taylor, but Eric Taylor does more than just co-host when I'm out of the um, out of the chair. He is the uh, CEO over at Barricade Cyber Solutions, so I want to give a shout out and thanks to Eric and the Barricade Cyber Solutions team for all their help. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions, they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. But of course, if you want, you can see it right there on stream with me. And the best part about Barricade Cyber Solutions website is you can scroll to the bottom and right there is Eric Taylor. You recognize his mug from hosting the stream. You can recognize him right there. You can get on his calendar. You can meet with him as early as 10 a.m. today, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Talk to Barricade Cyber about how they can help you with your information security needs. Also, shout out and thanks to Panopsi Security, Brandon Poole and his company, doing all sorts of value, but including quantified risk assessments. Now, I know Eric's been giving you the take on what quantified risk assessments are, but let me tell you, a quantified risk assessment can absolutely Help your business. Hold on, I gotta do something really quick to get the Chiron going. You guys get to see a little bit behind the behind the curtain here. Um, quantified risk assessments can absolutely give you all of the ammunition that you need in order to be able to see, hear, understand what your actual cyber risk posture is. And the outputs are statistically sound, so you can use them as an argumentative piece of evidence against your um, CFO or CEO in any type of budget meeting in order to um, basically request money to uh, close down some of those uh, difficult um, vulnerabilities you got in your environment. Sorry, I was a little distracted. I was getting this Chiron across the bottom going. I have a little Python script that I have to manually run, uh, and I was doing that while we talked. Now, also, I don't know if Eric did this yesterday because I was like, I mean, uh, Monday, because I was like fully out of the seat. But guys, I am so, 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 so happy to announce, to share, to officially welcome anti-siphon training and Black Hills information security into the sponsorship pool. Uh, Black Hills signed a six-month commitment to the Simply Cyber community. So settle in. 
Black Hills and Anti-Siphon, Jason Blanchard, Deb the Deb. Uh, wonderful community. If you guys don't know Black Hills yet, I absolutely strongly encourage you slide over there and check out what they're doing. Anti-Siphon Training is their training arm of Black Hills. Yeah, John Strand even has his own emote on the Simply Cyber community. Thank you, Jenny Housley, Jeff Watala, Senfilis. Um, it's just, they're amazing people over there. Uh, Anti-Siphon Training, if you're interested in pay what you can, John Strand, he has three different trainings, including, um, let me see if I can, I don't, I don't have it. When I have a little bit more time, I'll actually get my stuff together, but pay what you can training in person right here. You see these? John Strand hosts SOC Core Skills, Active Defense and Cyber Deception, and Getting Started in Cybersecurity. No, uh, is it Getting Started in Cybersecurity and MITRE ATT&CK? I forget. Uh, John has a third one. Anyways, long story short, anybody can get into information security and learn for zero dollars or whatever you can pay with John Strand and the anti-siphon training. So absolutely go check it out. Uh, again, thanks to all of them for doing that. And then, of course, we have ACI Learning for Worldwide Wednesday, which we'll get into in just a hot minute. But before I do that, I do want to say, uh, show country names, I do want to say every episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth half a CPE. So be sure to say what's up in chat or on replay in order to make sure that you're, you know, officially here or you have some type of auditable record you know how auditors can be right my grc friends you all know how auditors can be so make it easy on them have some auditable piece of evidence that you can use to show that you were here if you're not sure what to do may i suggest hashtag team live hashtag team live and chat's always good i was hashtag team live a couple days maybe you're on replay replay people are people too i'll try to get my chair up a little bit more Hashtag team replay in the comments. Guys, I have been like really out of pocket, so I haven't even really had a chance to look at the team replay comments over the last couple of weeks. But I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Maybe you're like I was on Monday. Got here a couple minutes late because I was trying to get my coffee going, but you're going to stay for the show. That's hashtag team hybrid. However you consume the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast is your prerogative, but please engage with the community. I strongly encourage it. And then finally... Well, there's two. There's hashtag passive observer. Tom Bishop. Tom Bishop over in Italy is hashtag passive observer. But a lot of times passive observer is somebody who's a little shy, a little introverted, not able to really engage in the chat. Uh, not because they are busy, but because they're nervous. If that's you, don't be shy. Say hashtag passive observer in chat. Engage with the Simply Cyber community. There's 179 other people in this room besides you. And all of them are super supportive, super inclusive. So take the first step, hashtag passive observer into chat. Looks like Shane Amon, team live, first team, first time live. Welcome to the party, Shane, great to have you. And then my real uh, new favorite here is hashtag first timer. If this is your first time on the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast, welcome to the party. Let us know that it's your first time. Hashtag passive observer in chat. I see you at Andy. All right, before we get into that, guys, every single day of the week has a special activity, and Wednesdays is my particular favorite, okay? Every single Wednesday, we do something called Worldwide Wednesday, okay? Worldwide Wednesday, uh, let me, actually, I have to put a little graphic up. Give me a second. Where's the graphic? There it is. Okay. Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV, now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cyber like us, and IT to turn turn to 
for binge-worthy content. If you want to check out IT Pro TV, ACI Learning, excuse me, and get 30% off your first month, your first year, use promo code SimplyCyber30. I affiliate, uh, personally, I, Jerry Osier, affiliate with ACI Learning because I think their content's awesome. I've done webinars with them. I may be doing a full class with them. I had a call with them last week. This is super early stuff. I've got many projects going on. You may have heard of other projects I'm working on. I've been like, Jerry, what about those projects? I'm happy to discuss any of those during jawjacking. I have a lot going on, including the YouTube course, the Cyber 101 course that I'm doing with the College of Massachusetts, which I had a meeting last week about. Uh, much to cover, but right now, my friends, right now is Worldwide Wednesday. And what we do here every Wednesday, mods get ready because it's about to drop. What we do here every Wednesday is... Uh, we spend about two minutes. I blow out my copyright um, strikes, which is okay. I'm, I'm okay with that because I don't really monetize. Um, we're going to put two minutes on the clock. When I say go, you tell me where you're from, and we're going to see if we can go around the world in two minutes or less. Get ready. Here we go. All right, here we go. I'm going to start off immediately with Italy since Tom Bishop said he was here. The boot is in. Where are you at, everybody? Niagara Falls, Canada. Thank you, Maple Leaf, bringing us on Tennessee. I see you, Orange. All right, here we go. Houston, Texas in here. Australia, nice. The UP. Pueblo, Colorado's in here. Virginia, Nigeria. Thank you, Nigeria. Nigeria's online. Austin, Texas up in here. The DR, I'll come back to you, DR. I see you. Kansas, what's up? Long Island, big Texas. Hey, Poland, I see you. Poland's in the house. Katy, Texas. Austin, Texas. We got big Texas up in here. Las Vegas bringing it in the heat. I love it. What's up, Jackson, Mississippi? Good to see you. North Kakalaki's online. Detroit City. What's up, Arkansas? I see you. Hey, Zimbabwe. You're going to get on the map in just a second here. We got Zimbabwe online. More Canada at the Gambia. You're going to have to help me. I'm actually a little... Uh, unsure of what Gambia. Hey, hey, Raven in the Low Country. I'll say what's up to you. Keeping a, keeping an eye on the Low Country while I'm out of town. All right, the United Kingdom is online. NYC, the Big Apple's up in here. Ohio, Philly, great fans. What's up, Maine? I see you, Jonathan Carpenter. America, I love OK City. Saw the air show out of uh, Tinkler. Baton Rouge, Louisiana at the Gambia. I love the Gambia. You guys are just going to have to let me know where the Gambia is. I do uh, I do f have ignorance in some areas. Come on, guys. Where are we at? No Asia? No South America? It's a slow day today. What do we got? 203 people? Oh, the Gambia is in Africa. All right, I'll look for that in just a minute. South Africa, East Africa, West Africa. Holy crap. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for the two minutes. Oh, ooh, I saw India drop in there just in a hot minute. Thank you, India, for bringing Asia online. Uh, okay, guys, so uh, where's the Gambia? Let's get that one marked up, and then um, we'll we'll lick our wounds here. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We see Kenya, New Zealand. Hold on. Mods are helping me out here. Mods, I'm going to look to you now. We got New Zealand online. The DR is online. Thank you. If it was Leonardo. Um, Kenya is online. Isn't Kenya like Western Africa? Okay, oh, there it is. Oh, way Eastern, um, 
All right, Wales, UK. All right, we got we got the UK on line. Ooh, the Gambia. Thank you, Justin Gold, with the zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. Looks like it's near Sierra Leone, Ghana. Holy crap, this is a really hard one to get. All right, I just, you can't see it on the stream, but we do have the Gambia online. Uh, it looked like there was two people from Gambia, so if that is the case, uh, shout out to all of you. Thank you very much, Gambia, for being in the stream today. Uh, I see Thailand. All right, Thailand. We are going to have to keep going. Nigeria. Oh, my gosh, you guys. It's two minutes. We had a, we had a timer. Oh, where's Nigeria? Nigeria, Nigeria. Niger. I thought Nigeria was right near Niger. Uh, come on, where are you at? Oh. Uh, I'm not. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to get up. I haven't even had my coffee yet, y'all. <laughs> Watching me fumble around on this map. All right. Just know that I genuinely appreciate all of you. Let's see how we did. Barbados is in the house. I Again, I, my brain is not working. Isn't Barbados in the Caribbean? We'll, we'll get back to it. Uh, it looks like we missed South America. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, oh, thank you, Io. Correct me if I'm wrong, chat, but I think um, we did not get South America today. So South America is typically our most uh, issue, you know, our, our most troubling, our most challenging um, country, uh, state. Or, uh, oh, my God. Let me take some coffee off. It is our most difficult uh, continent to get, but I appreciate all of you. We did great work. Um, it is the first day back from a long vacation. So, um, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll get it next week. Thank you all very much for playing Worldwide Wednesday. Again, if you're interested, I have a pinned comment that has the link for the 30% off. Um, yeah, no, I know, Zalia. Maybe we will try two minutes. We're always kind of uh, trying to tinker around and give the best options. But, guys, for now, what I'd love for you to do is sit back, relax, and let's the cool sounds of the hot news wash over you in an awesome wave. I'll see you guys at the mid-roll. It's nice to be back, guys. I, I, I genuinely uh, super pumped to be back in the chair. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. Black Cat Ransomware pushes Cobalt Strike via WinSCP search ads. The Black Cat Ransomware Group, also known as ALF-V, is running malvertising campaigns to lure people into fake pages that mimic the official website of the WinSCP file transfer application for Windows, but instead one that pushes malware-ridden installers. WinSCP, Windows Secure Copy, is a free and open-source application with file transfer capabilities that sees 400,000 weekly downloads on SourceForge alone. The Black Cat campaign drops a modified Python 310.dll that contains a Cobalt Strike beacon that connects to a command and control server address. This previously unknown ALF-V ransomware infection vector was discovered by analysts at Trend Micro. CISA issues... Okay, so there's a couple things here. One... Hold on, I'm reading the... Uh the attack flow and there might be an infographic hold on oh there it is <laughs> there it is um 
the complete attack chain. All right. So a uh, couple things here. One, this like, you know, the the names have changed, but the the attack sequence and the 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 attack workflow is the same, which by the way, this is why we study these things. This is why staying current um on like the current news is important to understand because you're like, okay, like win SCP today. But oh, barricade cyber drop in 50 spot. All right. Thank you so much. Go up and grab those gifted subs. I'll pour a cup of coffee while we're doing that. All right, here we go. Thank you very much, uh, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Continued support, manning the chair while I'm out of town, and dropping a 50 squad on, on the community's head. Okay, so guys, here's what I'm saying. Like, this 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 attack flow, right, with the... the um, the malvertising, the watering hole attack, whatever you want to call it, like the 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 applications change, right? So in this in this story, it's Win SCP, phony Win SCP that infects with Alfie's instance of black uh, of Cobalt Strike, which is a, a post exploitation framework, right? But next week it could be, um, you know, a Microsoft Teams application and a uh, what are some of these other like sliver c2 post exploitation framework so so what i'm trying to tell you here especially if you're new or trying to break into the industry is yes you should know what cobalt strike is you should know who alf v is right as a threat actor group but don't get so consumed by this you know it's this threat actor using this type of uh, payload like start learning the broader strokes of threat actors use malvertising to pass c2 post-exploitation frameworks you see what i'm saying because the names are going to change but the concepts are not going to change and this gets back to the top of david bianco's pyramid of pain i do mention this from um from time to time but it, it bears repeating in this instance this is the pyramid of pain okay oh my god you see it right here this is like how painful it is for a threat actor to change how they behave, right? They could change the file hash, like no big deal. It's very tough to change that they use Cobalt Strike. They can switch to Sliver, but the way that they use Cobalt Strike, the way that, that you know that their operations are set up, the way they communicate with their staff, it, it depends on these things. So it becomes very um, impactful if you make them change to another exploitation framework, okay? Now, getting back to the story, um, Alfie is a notable, like, you know, a tier one, longtime ransomware threat actor group. Uh, and they're just basically diversifying their portfolio of infection techniques. That's all they're doing here, right? They were doing, I believe, ransomware as a service. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chet. But uh, basically buying access uh, from, you know, access brokers or from people who opt in as affiliates and then infecting things. And then Alfie would handle the back end stuff. <clears throat> what is interesting here, you might say like, Jerry, how is it that um, you could set up a malicious website that has like one day on the internet and it's a top Google result? And how come Google doesn't pull it down? All very fair questions. First of all, especially if you try to like start a website, like simplycyber.io, this guy's website, right? I'm not on, uh, I think if you type in cybersecurity, you're not getting simplycyber.io on the front page of Google. So what are these like, is Alfie a ransomware threat actor group slash marketing genius? Did they go to the Wharton School of Business and become experts in marketing so they could get on page one? No, 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 no. no. I got a hint for you. Straight cash, homie. Thank you, Randy. It is straight cash, homie. 
what they what these threat actors do is they make so much freaking money right robbing people that they turn around and invest back in their business so they pay ten thousand dollars for google ads so then they can push their fake website to the top of uh search results so when someone types in win scp <clears throat> the advertising page comes up now you might say like dude it's hosting malware how's this not ripped down well it's not because it and see if the graphic shows it is the graphic going to show it oh my god come on uh the graphic <clears throat> does not show it so it says malvertising there's actually a step before this so <clears throat> basically the website that is shown that google uh, catalogs and then delivers to end users doesn't necessarily have the link directly in it. Like you would click through an ad on the page that the threat actor stuck in there, which changes every time except when you go there. So then it pushes the, the victim to a new site where they download the malware <coughs> and then they're compromised and off they're running. So what I would advise, and I've said this before on the channel, is educate your end users specifically for me and i know that google's going to hate this and i do get sponsored uh content and stuff like that so this is going to sound counterintuitive but don't click on the sponsored posts on google results don't click on the ad results and i know it sucks if you're a business and you're trying to increase your revenue by spend marketing spend but threat actors are doing this they have ruined it for everybody they have poisoned the well they have dropped blue dye in the toilet bowl and the whole thing is blue now, right? Or it's red or whatever. You can't, you can't say that like these advertisements are good and these ones are malicious. So you just have to go to the ones that are actually um, ranked by the Google algorithm, okay? Ugh. So hopefully you guys got some value out of that. Let's keep going. Warning for cardiac device system vulnerability. The warning identifies a device from medical technology company Medtronic. Tracked as CVE-2023-31222, it carries a critical CVSS score of 9.8 and affects the company's PaceArt Optima software that runs on a healthcare organization's Windows server. The application stores and retrieves cardiac device data from programmers and remote monitoring systems from all major cardiac device manufacturers to aid in standard workflows. Medtronic said in an advisory that if exploited, the vulnerability allows hackers to delete, steal, or modify data from a cardiac device. Hackers can also use the device's issues to penetrate into a healthcare organization's network. 330. All right, hold on a second. I worked in healthcare for a number of years, six years. And um, <laughs> so if, if you don't know, now you know. Uh, when a healthcare story comes online, I usually get my my heckles up a little bit. All right, let me let me let, let's lean into this one, okay? So CISA, first of all, yes, yeah, CISA. If you're a squad member, if you're one of the new 50 members who uh, Barricade Cyber just sponsored, go ahead and drop your emote tray, and you'll see all sorts of new emotes, including Jen Easterly. This is a <laughs> this is a healthy obsession I have with CISA. Uh, Jen Easterly is the director at CISA, and under her stewardship, CISA has gone from a um, government agency that you may have heard of to front and center of being the face of the public-private sector interface for cybersecurity and for um, 
elevating the level of difficulty threat actors need to deal with in order to compromise public or private sector businesses. Way to go, Jenny Sterley. This is why um, I'm a huge fan of hers and why she gets her own emote on the channel. Okay, now that we've put that aside. CISA issues a warning. Now, um, I worked in healthcare, especially biomedical devices. Guys, when you think of healthcare, okay, and by the way, I'll just say, if you've worked in healthcare in cybersecurity, you know dang well what I'm talking about. But if you haven't worked in healthcare and you're really, really interested in learning a ton about cybersecurity, healthcare is a phenomenal industry. It's incredibly stressful. It's incredibly fast-paced. It's incredibly awesome if you want to learn cybersecurity. You're dealing with end users that aren't just Carl and accounting. But you're dealing with end users that think they're the smartest people in the room. Sometimes they are. You're dealing with people who have a focus on patient care and patient safety, um, not your cybersecurity. You're dealing with massive amounts of regulated data flying around. You're dealing with patients who's, who aren't necessarily um, uh, mindful of their privacy, of their data. You're also dealing with situations where like, you know, it's, it's, you know, medicine, pharmaceuticals, pushing drugs, like there's real, real consequences. And on top of it all, you have your IT, right? So like doctors send emails and publish, you know, in, and there's like the scheduling board in the, in the um, uh, main waiting room of who's next, right? There's EHRs, but there's also biomedical devices, devices that are cyber physical, borderline operational technology that touch patients that push drugs into them that are embedded in them right pacemakers x-ray machines ultrasounds um machines that spin blood and and do stuff like that dna sequencers right all of this crap is technology and the fda uh certifies it and a lot of times biomedical device companies especially the larger ones they do not want you to butts around with their equipment. In fact, so much to the point, this almost seems like a racket. If you didn't know this, a lot of biomedical companies will sell you the equipment, right? So like me and uh, who's in chat, me and Jamie Fleck, good to see you, Jamie. Me and Jamie Fleck own a, a, a clinic and we're going to buy like an eye, uh, like a laser thing to do. Um, what, what's the surgery on the eye? Um, LASIK, right? So Jamie Fleck and I are open a LASIK clinic. Okay. Nice job, Jamie. High five. And we buy a LASIK machine. You better believe the people who sell that LASIK machine do not want anybody touching the insides of it. Why? Because if Jamie's like, hey, I'm a little bit of a tinkerer. I'm going to go ahead and update this LASIK machine. And he, he messes it up and he like cuts someone's eye out of their head. We're going to sue the LASIK company, right? Like, oh, you sold this machine that cut this person's eye out. It had nothing to do with operator error. So the biomedical device companies are like, do not touch it. Second of all, they'll, they'll, they'll sell you the machine, then they'll sell you a three-year contract in order to maintain the machine through their certified engineers. And you have to pay for that. And they'll actually have like a USB key or like some type of hardware physical UB key that allows them to access the management console or they'll remote in, which don't even get me started on remote access of biomedical devices. I like my stomach just flipped upside down. Like I went up, I went down on a roller coaster just saying that out loud. Anyways, 
all of that is a long way to say healthcare is a great way to do it. For Medtronics to have to issue an advisory for this means that Medtronics got pushed hard. Someone discovered it. The fact that CISA sent a warning out means if I had to guess, all right, so this is a tinfoil hat, okay? This is a tinfoil hat moment. If I had to guess, what happened was some security researcher found something with this Medtronics device, okay? And push and sent it to Medtronics. Medtronics um, politely gave them one of five fingers. Okay, I'll let you pick which one. Medtronics gave them one of five fingers. So then the researcher sent it to CISA as a vulnerability disclosure. And then, or um, there is a there is a government agency. Maybe it's the FBI. There's an there is a government mechanism for submitting anonymous uh, vulnerability disclosures. And then they notified Medtronics, and they, the government, said that they, that CISA was going to issue this warning, and then Medtronics issued an advisory because at that point it's coming out. That is just a tinfoil hat. That's just a tinfoil hat. I have no information to corroborate what I just said, but based on my experience dealing with biomedical device manufacturers, dealing with um, clinical staff, I'm thinking of one specific uh, chief nursing officer who I once relayed a similar story like this and uh, I was told there's no way a clinical person would ever fall for this. Hey! Um, that's just me speculating. Okay, let's keep going. By the way, if you work in healthcare, you know that <laughs> if you work in healthcare, you know that probably nothing's going to happen at your day-to-day -day job with this story, but it is good to know. Also, the final, final thing I'll note, because it jumped out to me, is really funny, is Medtronic said, um, somewhere in this story, I can't find it right now, but somewhere in the story, this Medtronic said, this can only be exploited if it's configured, and it's not configured by default. Well, if it's not configured by default, I have a strong suspicion most implementations are not going to be exploitable, because most times they take it out of the box, they plug it in, and they're off and running. Thousand forty gate firewalls still unpatched to RCE flaws. Following up on a story we brought you last month, cybersecurity firm Bishop Fox, in a report published last week, said that out of nearly 490,000 Fortinet SSL VPN interfaces exposed on the internet, about 69% remain unpatched. CVE 2023-27997 with a CVSS score of 9.8, also called XORTGate, is a critical vulnerability impacting Fortinet 40 iOS and 40 proxy SSL VPN appliances that could allow a remote attacker to execute arbitrary code or commands via specifically crafted requests. All right. So FortiGate's in the news again. 330,000 still unpatched. If I had to guess, they got this number from Shodan. Shodan.io is a awesome website. Just bookmark it. Go check it out. It'll it'll basically help you. It scans the internet every day and tells you what it finds. So that's probably how they found these 330,000 firewalls. Uh, remote code execution, RCE. If you see RCE, that's not good. That's that's like the worst, okay? If it's unauthenticated RCE, um, your pants are on fire, right? Or you're, you're lucky, you're happy that you wore your brown pants today to work. I myself am wearing brown corduroy, so if I had a unauthenticated RCE in my environment, I would be all set if you're picking up what I'm putting down. The point is, remote code execution means anyone on the internet can hit it, which doesn't surprise me because it's a freaking firewall, which is usually designed to be facing the internet. 
if you're, I'm not going to spend more time on this story. If you're running FortiGate firewalls, you should investigate if you're vulnerable to this patch. If you are, you should investigate how to patch or an alternative. Like sometimes you can't patch guys. Okay. Like, and this is a shout out to the red team people or, or, you know, future penetration testers of a world. If you're, um, recommended, um, if you have findings as a pen tester and your recommended suggestions is patch it, you're probably not going to, uh, get promoted from junior pen tester to mid tier pen tester because you need to be more thoughtful of your client's environment beyond just patch it. Um, cause sometimes you can't patch it, right? Sometimes it'll break something. Sometimes it's end of life technology. There's, there's multiple reasons you cannot patch it sometimes, but just holler, um, if you're running FortiGate firewalls, you definitely want to check this out. You can see here, uh, this graphic, this, okay. So this pisses me off. Sorry. Um, chat for swearing. Sorry, Kennedy. Sorry, baby base. Um, this annoys me whenever you see a graphic. Okay guys. And I know I'm like an infographic file, but dude, when you see a bar chart like this one right here, okay, let me put my finger in chat here. You see this bar chart right here? Yeah, I get it. There's dates across the bottom, and there's numbers across the side, 10 to the 0, 10 to the 1. I'm not quite sure what that is. There's a legend here, 5, 6, and 7. What? There's no gra There's no axie titles. There's no X and Y type. Like, I can assume the bottom one is dates, okay? What is the, what's the, what, what's the uh, Y axis? What are we looking at? Dude, if you're going to make a bar chart, label it correctly. If you're trying to visually convey information to somebody, you have to give them enough information to piece it together. It's so annoying. Like, what are you doing? Like, this was clearly copied and pasted from somewhere, and they, they, they missed the the axis uh header it's gross dude it's gross like this is probably really cool information and i won't be able to consume it like i don't know if anyone else gets butt hurt uh when, when like graphics are improperly labeled like infographics but like this is cool but i can't use it <clears throat> dos ia attack tool evolves with encryption targeting multiple sectors the threat actors behind the DDoS IA attack tool have come up with a new version that incorporates a new mechanism to retrieve the list of targets to be bombarded with junk HTTP requests in an attempt to bring them down. The updated variant, written in Golang, implements an additional security mechanism to conceal the list of targets, which is transmitted from the command and control to the users, said cybersecurity company Sequoia in a technical write-up. DDoS IA is attributed to a pro-Russian hacker group called No Name 5716. Launched in 2022 and a successor of the Bobik botnet, the attack tool is designed for staging distributed denial-of-service attacks against targets primarily located in Europe as well as Australia, Canada, and Japan. All right. <clears throat> so this is interesting. I'm gonna give this infographic a, um, a B minus, okay? It is cool, but it's, you know. All right, so check it out. From what I gathered, there is this denial of service project called DD Oja. Oja, <laughs> it looks like Oja, doesn't it? Or sounds like it. All right, so most denial of service um, or distributed denial of service um, 
approaches. Oops, hold on one second. Most denial of service um, attack sequences are run by what is called like um, a, a bot herder, and they have a host of compromised bot bots, right? So think think of um like I like I own you know two hundred thousand infected IoT devices, or I've installed. Um, I, I've got, uh, I've compromised hundreds of thousands of boxes across the world and I will command them to attack, you know, the department of doj.gov or whatever, right? Like this is how most denial of service attacks work. Also, uh, it's worth noting, uh, again, Hey, so this is going to turn into one of those, like the more, you know, so get your rainbow emotes out. Um, if you're an eighties kid, you know what I'm talking about? Here's the deal. What I just said is one way of doing denial of service. If you want, th this is for people who are looking to break in to get more information, et cetera. Uh, if you're looking to get more information on that first style of denial of service, I just said Google Mirai, M-I-R-A-I, Mirai botnet. That is how that botnet worked. And that is a wildly um, successful example of that compromised bots, uh, botnet attack. It was used to blow Minecraft servers off the internet originally, and then it got weaponized. Second type is called an amplification attack. This requires just one person or one group of people um, to find vulnerable um, servers, usually like content delivery network type servers, CDN servers that are out on the internet that are misconfigured, and they basically uh, make a request to those uh, to those servers for everything on the server, and then they say that their return address is the victim address. What does this do? This basically well, frankly, it amplifies the request to a cache server down to a victim, and you can't stop it. You can't control it. It sucks. The way to fix that is to have properly configured cache servers. If you want an example of this, look up Memcache, M-E-M-C-A-C-H-E, Memcache. That is an excellent example of a DNS or an amplification attack, okay? Third option is what they're doing, and you don't see this very often, this is like a volunteer opt-in option. Now, if you're looking for a really classic example of this, look at low orbit ion cannon. I believe that that, that actually low orbit ion cannon was an individual one, but I think you could have opted in. If you guys remember um, SETI at home project or the folding proteins project, this is taking it way back, um, but SETI, SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. It used to be like you could download a little piece and compute on your computer and send it back up. It was a distributed um, compute platform. But what they're doing in this instance is you can sign up, say you're pro-Russia, right? And you want to do everything you can, but you don't know what to do because you're pro-Russia, but you're just like sitting at home doing whatever, doing nothing. You can opt in to this botnet, put the technology on your computer, and then the leaders of the botnet, the DDO Asia, will send an encrypted message with the target IP address in it, and then your machine will launch an attack in collaboration with hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of other machines. So do you understand? At the end of the day, a distributed denial of service attack is basically a bunch of machines sending data to the same victim. How do you get those machines to send that data? Can be in a different ways. I just listed three different ways. This one is voluntarily opt-in, which means the people who are doing it are actively making the decision to commit a crime, um, but obviously they don't care. 
uh, and it becomes very, very difficult to defend against. All right. So that's what's going on. Um, that's what's going on with this. So, you know, I guess there are distributed denial of service attack um, defensive techniques. If you look up Cloud9, Cloud9's got a pretty popular denial of service attack thing. I think it uses, um, oh my God, what's it called? I think it uses, um, oh my God, help me out here, chat. It's the freaking, not a bastion host, but uh, a proxy. It uses, Cloud9 uses a proxy. So like all the data is going to like this this machine, but it's not the primary main machine. Um, it's it's like a proxy. And then it, you know, you're basically wasting your energy in cycles. Cloud9 is also an esports team. Thanks, Justin Gold. And now a word from our sponsor, Slash Next. Slash Next, a leader in SaaS-based integrated cloud messaging security across email, web, and mobile, has the industry's first artificial intelligence solution, Human AI, that uses generative AI to defend against advanced business email compromise, supply chain attacks, executive impersonation, and financial fraud. Request a demo today at slashnext.com. That's S-L-A-S-H. NEXT.com. All right. It's been a minute, guys, but if you're new here or if, it, if you've only been here a week and you've never seen me before, um, this is what we normally do every single mid-roll. I know we're way over time. Uh, again, um, thank you for granting me some grace. I'm trying to get back into the swing of things, but it feels good to be back. All right, guys, I want to thank all of you for being here. Um, 264, you beautiful people. Shout out to Barricade Cyber. Shout out to Panopsi. Shout out to Anti-Siphon Training. And shout out to you, Cherie Slam, Jim Lund, Shuttlecraft, Bashir Delati, Ken Forte, Carrie, the whole Simply Cyber community, and the Simply Cyber squad members. If you can, do me a second. Uh, take a second and uh, hit that like button. It goes a long way to helping other people. Uh, find the channel. We've already done Worldwide Wednesday. We're running low on time, so let me just jump right to it. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge <clears throat> is an ongoing initiative that we started months ago in order to help promote the engagement and the development of each individual's professional network. I recommend and strongly encourage you go onto LinkedIn, you search for the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge, and you connect and engage and interact with the individuals who are associated with that hashtag. Both, both people posting about it and the people in the comments. I am super, super excited that for the 400th episode, um, this is episode 401, by the way, for the 400th episode of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast, I, Gerald Ozier, was selected as the community holder. Now, unfortunately, I... Um, I, I did the post kind of late. Um, I did it today because uh, I just I, I've been uh, busy with my family and stuff like that. But I did post it. I'm going to drop a link in chat right now. Here we go. Here's my link. So if you want, please go out there, connect with me, uh, and connect with the people who are posting. Thank you, um, Simply Cyber Community, for the wonderful opportunity to be a participant of the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. And, I genuinely appreciated it. It's my op it's my pleasure and my opportunity to tag somebody with the Simply Cyber Community Challenge to pass it on 
So, McKinde Emanuel, McKinde Emanuel, I would love to tag you for the Simply Cyber Community Channel. Dikimbe, uh, McKinde Emanuel, let me know if you're there. If not, if John De La Cruz is here, I would love to tag folks with the Community Challenge and get them back in. Let me know in chat. Uh, uh, Jenny Housley. Yeah, so McKinney Emanuel. Let me let me tag you like this. McKinney Emanuel, want to take on the challenge? I love that you're introverted. I love that you're comfortable uh, out here. And uh, let me know, McKinney. I would love for you to take on the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Love it, love it, love it. Well, as McKinney gets back into that, let's hop back into the stories because we're, we're way behind on time because I started late in because I'm just a hot mess on fire, but we'll do it. All right, let's keep going. Threads, Instagram's Twitter competitor, is expected July 6th. Threads, the name of Instagram's rumored Twitter competitor, became available on the iOS App Store in the U.S. this week and is expected to launch tomorrow, July 6th. A strategic advantage that Threads has over other Twitter competitors is that it will directly port over a member's Instagram followers and lists, removing the need to build a community from scratch. Few details about its functionality have been released, although according to an article published by online finance magazine Money Control in March of this year, its platform may be decentralized and compatible with Mastodon. Wow, okay. <clears throat> so a couple things here. Um, one... I didn't know about this, but like basically with TikTok's success, every major social media company, old and new, is like moving to, to become the new TikTok and all the success it has. So it doesn't surprise me that Threads is coming out with a Reels kind of Instagram thing. Obviously, uh, Elon is trying like heck to uh, make Twitter as profitable as possible. We'll see how it goes, right? YouTube has shorts. Twitter has threads. I find it interesting that Twitter's going to be able to bring over your entire Instagram following uh, simply because Instagram is owned by a different company than Twitter. So you want to, hey, you want to see the power of data uh, and like data enrichment and the, the ability to um, the ability to connect the dots. Because if my name is JerryGuy311 on Instagram and it's Gerald Osher Simply Cyber on t Twitter, how do you map those two? How do you know that it's the same person? Oh, because we have expensive data that's been enriched and we can actually tell all about you. That's what's going to see here. We'll see where it goes. I'm not wicked interested in this as a cyber story. Three U.S. hospitals hit by ransomware so far this year. At least 19 U.S. healthcare organizations, HCOs, have been breached by ransomware gangs so far this year, according to Brett Callow, threat analyst for the New Zealand-based anti-malware specialist MSISoft. Callow stated that, according to MSISoft data, those 19 providers operate 33 hospitals and at least 16 of the 19 had data exfiltrated. The MSISoft report is careful to underscore the potential magnifying effect of an HCO or an HCO partner being compromised, describing an attack on Common Spirit Health last year, which operates more than 140 hospitals, as well as the Black Cat Alf V Group, which recently added Bart's Health NHS Trust to its leak site. 
BART's oversees three major hospitals in London affecting 2.5 million patients. <clears throat> okay. Again, for the sake of time, we'll move quickly. Um, bunch of healthcare organizations hit. As I mentioned earlier in the stream, uh, healthcare is a really interesting industry. Some threat actors actually will openly admit that they they do not want their staff to hit healthcare. They do not want their affiliates to hit healthcare. So, um, but you know, those who are like a little less discerning will hit healthcare because patient safety is so paramount that these orgs are more likely to pay. Also worth noting in this particular story, the reason it's so rampant is because a large kind of healthcare holding entity was hit, which affects all the other ones. Guys, in the United States, um, the healthcare system, it, it's like, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's like a consolidation of healthcare systems in the United States where small systems are being bought up, private practices are being bought up, and eventually there's going to be like three, it's going to be like the phone company in the 80s. Like there's going to be like three healthcare providers and everybody is owned by all of them. All right. So you get into the, the back end of one of them and you can get to all of them. Microsoft denies major customer breach. Microsoft has hit back at claims from Anonymous Sudan that state it had managed to breach the company and obtain account access for 30 million Microsoft customers. According to InfoSecurity magazine, the group had allegedly announced a successful hack, offering to sell what it had stolen for $50,000 and attaching what it claimed to be a small sample of compromised details as proof of its word. Microsoft stated that, quote, at this time, our analysis of the data shows that this is not a legitimate claim and an aggregation of data. We have seen no evidence that our customer data has been accessed or compromised, end quote. China okay. <clears throat> Anonymous Sudan's been in the news quite a bit. Um, they were doing a denial of service attack recently. Then, uh, most famously, like two weeks ago, they were linked to Revil and Killnet. And they had that like Slipknot video or, you know, Slipknot like video they released online about how they were going to hit like the European Swift banking system. Um, I, you know, I don't know if that happened like uh, under covers and it never made the public news, but I didn't see any uh, confirmed attack on the uh, European financial system. So we'll see where that ended up. Um, uh, whatever. Anonymous Sudan's posturing saying they took down Microsoft and 30 million. Uh, accounts and Microsoft is saying no you didn't so we'll see what happens 30 million would be serious Microsoft um, Microsoft's quite serious about cybersecurity. I've been very pleased with Microsoft the last 10 years they have pivoted from like kind of a joke into being super serious about information security so um, you know it's not impossible for them to get breached right but it's it, it's on you know we'll see Microsoft I'll, I'll I'm gonna side with Microsoft on this one until I either see the receipts from anonymous Sudan on some dark website or until you know they they stop they move on to something else. These hackers target European embassies with HTML smuggling technique. The espionage campaign represents a larger trend within the Chinese ecosystem, pointing to a shift to targeting European entities with a focus on their foreign policy, said researchers from Checkpoint on Monday. The hackers were spotted using a new delivery method to deploy the modular PlugX malware implant, effectively smuggling it inside HTML documents, something which Checkpoint warned had, quote, until recently helped the campaign fly under the radar, unquote.
Samples of lures posted to the virus total malware repository had file names that strongly suggest that the intended victims were diplomats and government entities, according to Checkpoint. Just a quick reminder. Oh my God. Why? Why? Okay, so first of all, educate your end users that like they don't need to open HTML file attachments. Like nobody is sending HTML file attachments, like for good reasons. Second of all, you know, it's not surprising, guys. If, if you are supporting some type of dignitaries or political figures, ambassadors, VIPs, for lack of a better term, they should have higher levels of security scrutiny. I don't care if it's inconvenient. See, the, the problem is people who are VIPs that are most likely to be targeted are also the ones with juice and power who are like, get away from me, nerd. I'm going to do what I want to do because I'm powerful. And that is a that's a messed up um, conflicting position because you're more likely to be targeted than me, but I'm also more likely to be secure than you because of your, you know, your your stubbornness, your obstination to adhere to basic cyber hygiene principles. So you got your work cut out for you guys, but use this as an example if you need to. Um, China China's excellent at espionage. That's what China does. Espionage, espionage, espionage. Um, and basically, you can see here, um, they're doing a lot in Europe. Um, it doesn't necessarily align directly with countries that are directly supporting Ukraine, but it does look, it does look quite, <laughs> it does look like quite uh, an overlay. There's a lot of intersection on the Venn diagram, if you smell what I'm stepping in, uh, between... Ukraine support and countries being targeted now being targeted by China um, and China's kind of half in half out on supporting Russia they were really at the beginning but I haven't heard much in that way regarding the your uh, Ukrainian conflict all right <clears throat> that's gonna do it for this show's stream let me do this really quickly um, yeah oh yeah all right that's gonna do it for the stream today guys I want to thank all of you for being here let me uh, do this um, we'll do jaw jacking in just a second guys. It was my first day back in the seat uh, I know we were at 270 for a second dropped back down to 230. I suspect people had to leave to go to a 9 a.m. Meeting Hopefully it wasn't because I was taking too long. I am uh, I was trying to be mindful. I started late. I was having some audio issues as you can imagine um, Just getting back into the workflow, but guys uh, episode 401 I missed episode 400 uh, but super, super exciting. What, a, in a, what an achievement. What a milestone for the Simply Cyber community. Um, genuinely um, grateful for all that you do. If you saw my LinkedIn post, you know how grateful I'm, I am. I didn't want to put it in the LinkedIn post because I didn't want to get blowback. But um, when I started in information security 20 years ago, it was way more toxic. And it was like really hard to get help um, without being like, almost having to go through like um, a gauntlet of like ridicule at, at not at not knowing like you know what I mean so like that like the whole like noob and leet and all that stuff like that 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 used to exist back in the day and it's gone and I'm really happy and grateful that it's gone um, because now we can do things like this and people can get the answers they want and the knowledge they need and the community to support them 
So, anyways, uh, definitely uh, grateful for 400. All right. All right, so let's do a few minutes of jaw jacking. I don't have a ton of time. Uh, you know, as you can imagine, guys, if you've ever gone on vacation, when you come back, your email has like 10,000 emails because your email didn't care. Your coworkers didn't care that you were out. They just like, oh, I'll put it in his email. It'll be there when he gets back. Have a good one, John De La Cruz. Okay, so um, to Kimmy Emanuel, um, are you still in chat? Um, Kidney Emanuel, um, let me see. Go on LinkedIn, post your cyber story, use hashtag simply cyber community challenge in the post. There we go. That's how you do it. Leet, Jonathan Bowley knows what I'm talking about. I know, Carrie, you're still you're still struggling. You're doing all the right things, Carrie. Keep keep going, lean into it. All right. I am Swamp Cat GPT. Space Tacos knows. All right, so <clears throat> I guess from a jaw jacking perspective, let me um, let me just find like oh, let's let me share this with you guys. Um, if you didn't know, tomorrow, oh, where is it? Tomorrow, Nahamsek. Guys, if you're interested in talking about bug bounty from like one of the industry's leaders, Ben, uh, AKA Nahamsek is coming on stream tomorrow. AMA, cool dude, wicked cool dude. I love his content. I, I watch his videos because I like to pretend I'm a pen tester. <laughs> yeah. Ah, Tom Bishop, love it, dude. Congratulations. Love it, Tom. Congratulations, buddy. All right, Shadow Crab's got a question regarding the GRC Masterclass. It's currently hosted on TCM, but when I signed up, uh, but I signed up when it was on your own site. Okay, so here's the deal with my class, the GRC Masterclass. Here's the deal. It, it is on the Simply Cyber School. It is also on TCM Academy. The courses are kept in sync. So if you sign up for one, on TCM Academy, you will get the same content that you'll get on the Simply Cyber School. However, if you buy it on Sim the Simply Cyber School, you cannot transfer you cannot transfer it to TCM Academy. Just like if you bought it on TCM Academy, you cannot transfer it to Simply Cyber School. They're two different products. They're identical, but they're two different products. It mostly has to do with the the money, the money behind it. If you buy it from my school then um, if you buy it from my school, I get the revenue from it. And if you buy it from TCM Academy, I get half of it. That's the, that's the only difference really. From a, from a student perspective, there's no difference. Nice, CatGPT. I like it. I don't know. Scott Mack, GRC Massari. I don't know what that means. Thanks, Jamie Fleck. It's good to have you here. Let me check my calendar. Oh, thanks, Scott Mack. I appreciate that. I'm a big fan. In fact, I'm actually going to... You guys know I've got so many projects going on. Um, 
Okay, so you guys want to hear some jaw? Like, this is to me. This is why. Hold on. This is really zoomed in. This is why you stay for jaw jacking. There, there's like a bunch of things that um, I have going on that I have updates on. If you're interested, okay. Space tacos. Ben, aka Nahamsek, is straight fire. He's a really cool dude. Oh, Masi Onwama, first timer. Welcome to the party. Okay, so guys, here's the um, a couple updates on the channel. One, uh, the YouTube masterclass, um, it, it, or the practical YouTuber for cybersecurity professional development. That is going well. Um, three modules down. I'm working on module four. Some of the content I can't finish until I get back to my home studio for like, you know, filming the hardware stuff. Um, Oh, Travis Connor. Oh, welcome to the party. Um, so the YouTube class is going well. The GRC, um, excuse me, the Cybersecurity 101 class, that's the huge one. The Cyber 101 course is a college-level class that I'm doing in collaboration with a college in Ma uh, Massachusetts. I met with them last week. Um, they're reviewing my curriculum now. Um, and I have a meeting with them on Friday to actually, they, I need to add a couple things to the curriculum, but when it's done, um, you'll be able to take this class and it'll be worth college credits. And I will put a packet inside the course that you can literally, all you have to do is like add your name and like you can take the packet and hand it to a university and they'll accept it as college credits. Um, okay. So yes, they'll get college, you'll get college credits. But in addition to that, it's a wildly comprehensive course. I call it Cyber 101 because it's literally, if you if, if you know nothing about InfoSec or cyber or IT or anything like that, this course will establish a massive foundation for you, okay? Massive foundation. It's so freaking big that I actually thought, if, you, if you're a regular here, you'll remember this. I actually thought about breaking it up into two different classes cyber 101 and cyber 102 and i've decided to just make it one class for various reasons but it's going to be wild okay and it's probably going to be done maybe for the fall no later than the spring okay the grc analyst master class many of you already have infinite access to that but one thing that i was talking to aaron kg with and i think i'm going to do this guys okay this is news I think I might start doing a once a month um, GRC analyst AMA stream. Now, it will be a unlisted non-public stream and I will put a link in the GRC analyst masterclass course. So basically only people who have the course will be able to join the stream. But I'll, I'll basically answer whatever GRC questions you have. You know, maybe maybe you took the class and there was something you wanted more information on. Maybe you took the class, got the job, and now you got something at work that you want help with, whatever. And then I'll take the, I'll do it for one hour. I'll take the recording and I'll put it in the class and there'll be like a new module called AMA. And I'll do it like maybe for six months. And it'll be new content, but it'll be your questions. So that's what I'm thinking about doing to add more value to the GRC masterclass yeah thanks Akil. thanks space tacos thanks bill i think it's a cool idea too shout out to aaron kg um for the the suggestion 
So those are three of the big projects I got going on. We got Black Hat coming up in a few weeks. I'll be at Black Hat. I've had some people reach out to me um, about being at Black Hat. Um, trying to do some recording up at Black Hat, by the way, some streams. Uh, I'm in talks with one security product vendor who wants me to do the daily cyber threat briefing live from their booth at Black Hat. We'll see how that goes. I'll be at Wild West Hackenfest speaking, obviously. Um, what else? What else? Several speaking engagements, but, but no one cares about those. Um, oh, I, I wrote a book. <laughs> I wrote a book last week or two weeks ago. It, and when I say book, it's like 15 pages, so it's really short. Um, but it's like literally the like hold on i wrote a book and it, it's literally i thought about it it's it's the 10 steps you should take to get into cybersecurity in the order you should take them with actionable items for each step and why you're doing them and they build on each other so like on step four you're like remember when you did this in step two here's why you did it take advantage of this uh that should be available soon i'm trying to do something with like i'm not going to just put it out there like the idea is that i put it out there and then um i tell you like after you download it it's, it's like an email sequence right like you download it and then there's value and then i tell you about the daily threat briefing which you guys already know about then there's value then i tell you about the playlists i have on the channel that um uh go into the different areas of information security anyways it's just a way to help uh deliver some value to the community while hopefully growing the simply cyber community so that's really what i'm trying to do there all right, so now I'm looking at chat, and I'll look at chat for three more minutes, if that's okay, and um, and then we'll go. Oh, thanks, Jenny. Yep. Thanks, Martin Shelter. Oh, Space Tacos with the interview on Friday. Space Tacos, what time's the interview? What time zone are you in and what time's the interview? I, like, can we get an update on this thing? <clears throat> All right. Have a good day, John P. If you're not a Simply Cyber community member, squad member, and uh, you didn't grab one of those gifted subs from Eric and Barricade Cyber, holler at me. Have a good one, Tom Bishop. Uh, wanted an update that I didn't get the job, but do appreciate your videos to prep me for the interview, gain experience and knowledge for the next one. All right, Lazaro Rivera. I appreciate you and I, um, you know great attitude to have definitely um you know can't you, you don't win them all right but definitely lean in and I, I almost hope lazaro that the interview experience what you had more confidence and you felt good about it maybe you didn't get the job because of a different candidate but that's not anything to do with you uh travis asking if i go outside of the country for work i do i haven't gone outside of the country for work um in the last couple years I used to travel quite a bit. I have young kids. Uh, 
I have young kids and a family, so uh, Travis, I try not to travel. I, I, I travel when I have to, but I love my family so much that um, if I don't have to travel, I don't. But I, you know, I have a passport. I went to the South Pole, <laughs> so I do travel. Uh, IDK, the CTF, the most recent CTF I was in was the um, Prompt Zine um, last episode with the 3D glasses. I know it was a little bit of an uh, analog CTF, but I did it. Cool, CatGPT suggesting that Lazaro send a thank you message and follow up after the interview. Definitely not a bad idea. Omo Lawani. Omo Lawani, um, Omo Lawani, I, hold on one second. Omo Lawani, I've got you covered. Um, check this out. I don't know if this is the one that Lazaro used, but check this out. There is an amazing collection, in my opinion, amazing. This, oh my God, this, how do I, how do I share a playlist? Oh my God. Bro. Check this out, Omo. This this is the chat GPT. But um in my opinion, this playlist is pretty sick. Okay. David Feldman blowing a summer internship because of health complications. No, not at all. You know, I mean, it obviously it sucks, but your health is critical. You know, just be open, transparent. I would even say if, you know, the internship organizers understand that there's a serious health complication, make them, you know, wildly aware, be transparent. I mean, don't disclose anything you don't want to disclose of from a health nature. But, you know, you know, maybe you can get like another internship with them at a different time, right? Do I see my kids getting into cyber if they want to? Uh, you know, you know, I'm not going to force my children into cybersecurity, but if they want to get into it, I'd be super pumped to um, get, tell them everything I know. You know what I mean? Um, interview at 11. All right, cool space tacos. 11 a.m. You know what we might try to do? I know it's a tight schedule because of... Um, I know it's a tight schedule because of... Um, the holiday but maybe we can this is my calendar maybe we can um have a simply CyberCon on friday logistics meeting it's been a minute since we had a logistics meeting right and then we can get an update on space taco love it, it at worst space taco i i can't wait for monday to hear how it went how can i find an internship i'm not in college well college doesn't necessarily mean you get an internship carrie um, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of internships kind of blossom, not because they were posted publicly, but because, you know, you kind of like reached out, you know, through networking and said, Hey, like, I know you don't have a job right now, but I'd love to help. Like, what do you think about three months? I could come in, I could do this project or this initiative. You know, you, you, you hear some of the, uh, you're welcome, Momo. You hear like some of the challenges that they're having and how you might be able to help solve it. I mean, I, I've literally, I, I've hired interns that when we didn't have an intern program. I never had an internship personally, but um, 
if you guys met me in college, you would not think I am the same person that I am today. I was a much, much, much different person in college. I was a complete dummy in college. I was, I made lots of bad decisions. I had my priorities all out of whack. I, I joke with Mrs. Ozier that I'm glad she didn't meet me in college. Well, we met right after college, but I'm glad she didn't know me in college because I don't know if she would have been into this guy. David Feldman, what made me choose Dakota State? Two things. One, I went to Dakota State for a master's because uh, I wanted they, I got a master's in information assurance, and it was a remote one. Um, and the faculty was like, unbelievably qualified so i went through a two-year master's program loved it got to know the faculty got to know the the dean got to know the director and program chair and i i, I said to them um hey you know i really want to get a phd if you guys ever do one let me know in cybersecurity. and then like maybe two years later uh they got a phd in cybersecurity, and they they actually reached out to me and said, hey, Jerry, because I was still in contact with them. Again, this is the power of networking. You shouldn't go to school and be like, oh, you're a teacher and I'm a student. Like, that's our relationship. No, it's like, dude, like, we're both going to be practitioners. Like, let's let's have a mutual respect and, and a dialogue. So they reached out to me, Pat Engerbretson and Josh Pauli emailed me, and they're like, hey, we got this new program. You want to be one of the first 10? I said, hey, let's do it. Great, great school. I cannot support uh, Dakota State University enough. I went to three different colleges university of massachusetts bridgewater state college now bridgewater state university and dakota state university and dakota state university is the one that i most identify with i loved my time at umass but like i said i was a dumbass sorry and um dakota state is like where i really excelled so i love it plus it's an nsa accredited program it's legit what's going on over there All right. Thanks, Space Tacos. All right, guys, I'm going to boogie out of here. Like I said, a million emails, and now I'm I'm pretending it's Monday morning, and I'm at the coffee maker, and I'm just, like, trying to avoid going to my desk by having some talks with y'all. But um, I definitely appreciate it. I'm Jerry. This is Simply Cyber. You guys have been wonderful. This is the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief, episode 401 on Wednesday, January excuse me, July 5th. Be good, everybody, and we will see you uh, tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Be good. Bye, everybody. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one. Come